Public Handicapper Podcast, where we discuss the four races played on publichandicapper.com, the free contest that you should be playing every week. PH plays four stakes races every week and keeps you in the game. This is the Super Saturday edition of Public Handicapper, featuring three nine furlong preps for the Kentucky Derby. This is show number four, April 5th, 2019. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Public Handicapper, also known as Editor Carsoni. I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper and PH editor, Chris Larmy, also known as Derby1592 on the editor's page. Chris, what's the word? The word is um, I'm really excited about the um, Triple Crown preps this weekend. It's been a pretty wide open Triple Crown season, and it really feels like the Derby is just around the corner this weekend. And I'm really, I can't wait to hear what you think about these races. I think we maybe will be on one horse that's the same, but they're wide, they're wide open races. And even the Santa Anita Derby, which is uh, only a six horse field, is very contentious and we don't know who we're going to land on. Yes, that race is by far the smallest field, but probably there's probably four horses in that race any one of the four would be one of the favorites in the other two races so even though it's a small race in terms of quantity it's a pretty good race in terms of quality yeah and uh you know while we're at it um just because we've discussed this before we've discussed uh ph profit players when you look at a horse on the public handicapper site and you check the odds when a horse is say whatever whatever the odds are, when you click through and you see that a certain amount of picks for that race are by profit players, a lot of people actually assume that that's a good thing. So, for example, two weeks ago, Core Beliefs had 24% picks by profit players. Uh, Bricks and Mortar had 24%. Street Band had 27%. And by my standards, had 32%, which is pretty amazing. 11 out of 34 picks. Now, you may go by the rule that, hey, at least 24, 25%, I want, I want to make a pick. Let's assume you're not handicapping and you're just looking for something that, you know, a horse that the smart players are playing. You could go by that metric. However, last week, Valedictorian was at 24%, which is about uh, about right. But Focus Group was at 21%. Maximum Security was at 16%. And Alicia's World was at 19%. So by that metric, you can't really go by that metric. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I just wanted to point that out because uh, a number of pH players in their analysis will say, hey, like 30% of pH players are... Uh, PH profit players are picking this horse. Uh, it's not always the case. Yeah, well, I but I do think it's interesting um, when there there is a, a large percentage of them on a sort of a contender, but that a contender at a price. Um, I do think that's some good information to factor into your handicapping. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I I will admit that. Sometimes when I'm not sure about a horse, I will go and see how many profit players are picking that horse, and it will it it can have a, a subtle amount of sway. Uh, one of the horses that I have this week, not a single public handicapper profit player is picked, so that will be very interesting. But yeah, we'll, now you're we'll making me. Yeah, you're making me um, want to go and check <laughs> the horses <laughs> I was thinking about playing as we go. I'll have to pull that window up. Um, 
and right, well, see how we're doing. All right, I'll let you do that while uh, while I announce the first race, which is race six at Keeneland, the Commonwealth, a grade three, seven furlong race on the dirt for four-year-olds and up. And this is a wide open race with, I think, 14 horses. What do you think, Chris? I think this is a crazy, crazy wide open race. I mean, this one was really fun to handicap because I, you say this maybe more often than we should, but I mean, almost every horse in this race could win the race. It's just a crazy wide open race. Um, so I'll, I'll run down a couple and then throw it back to you. Um, first of all, the favorites to me in this race are definitely vulnerable. Um, Limousine Liberal, he's a really cool, nice horse, but he's really not faster than several others in here. He's coming off a layoff, and in the past, he's needed his first race back before he really got to his best races. And he's a year older now. He's a seven-year-old. Um, so, you know, I certainly am not afraid to toss him out in a race like this. Coppertown, who I've been on before in the past, he has talent, but he is just always acts up at the gate. He never breaks alertly, and now he's he'll get buried down on the rail if he does that again. So I'm not afraid to leave him out. Um, recruiting ready will have to gun to the lead from that post, and there's lots of speed in this race, so I just don't see him going seven furlongs. Um, and getting a breather at any point in the race. So I'm not afraid to toss him, you know, so those are your three favorites, which means um, you know, if you can get those three off the board, you could have some big prices in this race. The tricky part is figuring out um, of the other 11 horses, you know, who you can lean on because you can't play them all. Even, even if you can get tossed to favorites. Um, so, I have some ideas, but maybe I'll toss it back to you and see what you're thinking, and then I can jump back in. Okay. Well, I landed on Runaway Ghost, who is, uh, I think, the 10 horse. Yeah, he's the 10 horse. He's 15 to 1, morning line. The horse is 6 for 9, lifetime. He starts outside, which uh, I, I had a big note on this day last year. Any horse that was on the inside in these seven furlong races got buried. Uh, it's, you know, especially these big field races, it's tough. Unless you can just dart out of the gate and and pull it off and it's kind of outrun everybody, you're going to get buried. So now that was the case last year. It may not be the case this year. And maybe recruiting ready will do okay. But I... You know, to me, the inside in a seven furlong race with 14 horses is death. So I want a horse that's kind of on the outside. And that's where Runaway Ghost is. And I think he's ready to run the race of his life. He's always been fast. He cuts back in distance from a mile and a 16th. And in his last race, he it doesn't look that impressive necessarily on buyer and um, the, the way he won it. But he was carrying more weight than every other horse, and he extended his lead on the gallop out. So he also has like the sharpest works of his life coming into this race, which is something I always like to see. So, so I'm going to roll with Runaway Ghost, and I'll uh, I'll send it back to you. I I'm with you on Runaway Ghost. I mean, all the horse does is win, right? Just win, 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 win. He's a win machine. And it's not like he's been beating up on horses at Sunland Park all his life. I mean, he started his career, you know, at Santa Anita. Um, he was winning races there. Uh, he, he was running against horses like Salomini and McKenzie. So, you know, I think he's a legitimate horse, and I, I agree with you. My only concern with him, and he's one of the two I'll be probably be keen or leaning on in the race, is... He does tend to get forwardly placed, and this could be a really, really hot pace. But he has in the past sat off a really hot pace in the Sunland Derby and still finished up and won. So of the horses in the race that might be near the pace, at least he's shown the ability to sit back 
slightly off a pace, a hot pace stock and finish. So um, I definitely think he's a good play um, in this race. Uh, what I decided to do was to try to maybe simplify this race a little bit is I thought there's a really good chance with as the speed on the inside and the outside and most of these horses wanting to be forwardly placed. I thought there's a good chance that the pace will be really hot and that they will really be gassed in the stretch. And um, I wanted to look for what horse is the most likely to take advantage of that scenario. And I decided I liked Majestic Dunhill, who drew the extreme outside post. Um, and as you said, that's not necessarily bad going one turn at Keeneland, especially at seven furlongs when you have quite a long run to the first turn. And this horse wasn't a whole lot early in its career when it was running on turf. But um, last November, they decided to try him on the dirt. And they put him on the dirt going seven furlongs, and he won a stakes race. And uh, his first try on dirt. And they thought, wow, this is really cool. We found what this guy wants to do. And they got so excited that they shipped him all the way to California to run in the grade one Malibu. Um, and unfortunately, in that race, he kind of had a tough trip. He didn't totally embarrass himself. He was actually looked in a position where he might actually have a chance to win or hit the board, but um, he just couldn't finish the job after the tough trip. But uh, they gave him some time off, and he came back in his last start and looked really good closing at seven furlongs again, finished second to Uncontested, who's one of the, the speed horses in this race. Um uh, and he's at that seven furlong distance, which seems to be his sweet spot. And um, if the pace does melt down, this is the horse who will be flying late. And then what cinched the deal for me with this horse is that they switched to Irad Ortiz riding him. And Irad is by far the best rider in the country on a horse, a one run closer where you want to sit, 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 finish. I mean, he's the master. He, he knows how to time the move. He knows how to find a seam and get a clear run. Um, if you want a great example of that, watch last year's Breeders' Cup Billy and Mare Sprint on um, Shamrock Rose. Um, that's the kind of ride I'm hoping for here, the kind of pace setup I'm hoping for here. Um, you know, and this horse could get completely overlooked uh, in the betting He's never, um, and so, you know, to me, he's the one that could take advantage of a pace meltdown in what, and, and, and what is a race that should be really fun. I mean, I could make a case for quite a few other long shots in here, but the one you mentioned, Runaway Ghost and Majestic Dunhill, um, those are the two I probably will lean on. Um, and I also kind of like New York Central, who I think is the horse with the big upside that could run a monster race. For Steve Asmussen, that's the other horse of the three bombers that I that I'll be keen on um, in this race. Okay, <clears throat> great. Um, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Majestic Dunhill, he's easy to forget. He did run big in his last race. He ran second uh, to Uncontested. Uh, yeah, he he looks good to me. It's such a crazy race that it's like. Do I use that horse also? <laughs> you know, this this is a classic race where with this 14-horse field, you can do a $1 super box for $0.10. Cents. Not, I'm sorry, not $1, a $0.10 cent super box for $36 with six horses, and it could pay thousands of dollars. And I wasn't sure, I wasn't thinking Majestic Dunhill, but I, I'm, I'm definitely going to consider him, and I'm going to play that $36 total uh 10 cent super box in this race because total chaos could happen hey uh, i re i remember some legendary 10 cent super boxes at keeneland on this very day of racing that we've had before um so yeah that's a that's an interesting play in this race yeah and uh the the horse i i agree with you that there could be a pace meltdown the horse that I'm most interested in to capitalize on that is the five, still having fun. 
who's currently 12 to 1 on PH, so he's not being forgotten. Um, and his morning line odds are only 12 to 1. But this is a horse that's had trouble in a lot of his races. He was fractious in the gate in his last race. Uh, he had great workouts going into the last race. He's got bullet race, uh, bullet workouts going into this race. And I think, you know, he's just, he's a horse that you have to include. If you're going to do a super, you have to include this horse. And you also have to include him in any pick N, which I believe this is the sixth race. So I'm not sure if it's part of any pick five. It is not part of the pick five, but it is part of pick, you know, pick threes. And maybe there's a pick four in there somewhere. So I would absolutely use Still Having Fun. And, I, you know, I'm going to bet gingerly. I'm not going to pound Runaway Ghost. But I will have that super box. And included in that super box will be Coppertown, Still Having Fun, Runaway Ghost, Uncontested, because he's an absolute beast. And then my total absolute long shot bomb to get into the super not to win the race, but to get into the Super, is the three, Pro Forma, who has run fast races ever since he was two and comes in off a layoff as a five-year-old, having matched his top uh, in his previous race. So, uh, yeah, big balloons are going to happen in this race, I think. And if they don't happen on the win end, they will at least happen on the Super end. Yeah, I'm with you there. This is a race where you take a shot at some exotic play plays. The only horse I would I would be willing to toss Coppertown. He'll take a lot of money. I don't think he's that much more likely than others. And I think you could throw in some other long shots like Uno Mas Modelo or New York Central or you know, there's quite a few others that have a chance um, at a really big price. But I like all the other horses included, especially still having fun. I've actually cashed on him in a pace meltdown race last year in New York when promise was fulfilled and strike power and world of trouble all hooked up at a, an incredibly ridiculous pace and he picked up the pieces. So he's definitely one you'd want to include in this race. All right, great. So that wraps up the Commonwealth at Keeneland. Now we'll switch to the next race on public handicapper, which is race 10 at Aqueduct, the Wood Memorial. A grade two at nine furlongs on dirt for three-year-olds. And I'm going to let you roll with this uh, again. What are you thinking? Uh, interesting race. Um, I think the best horse in the race is Tacitus or Tacitus. I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name. Okay, let's, uh, uh, let, let, let's, let's interject here. I'm I'm pretty big on the pronunciation thing. Okay. And I I've heard it announced as Tacitus. However, I heard on a podcast, I think it was Jay Privman, who had spoken to Bill Mott and he said it was Tacitus. But either way it's not Tacitus. So it's either okay. Tacitus or Tacitus. Oh, just yeah, I was thinking it might be a, a like a uh uh Roman name or something, but Tacitus is definitely not a Roman name. Okay, Tacitus. No, anyway. no, no. Actually, I think that is a Roman name. So. Oh, is it? That's how yeah. you pronounce it. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But just having you know, uh, an interviewer having spoken to the trainer, who's more likely to know what the pronunciation is than uh, Richard Grunder from Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, I won't argue that. <laughs> but before. it's definitely not Tacitus. <laughs> All right. We know that. Okay. Uh, well, that horse, I think, is the most likely winner. Um, and he should trip out from where the, the post he's at. Um, and I kind of like him as a derby contender. But I know that Bill Mott, he's, he's playing chess when most of the trainers are playing checkers. He's always thinking a race or two in advance. Uh, actually got him into trouble with Hidden Scroll, I think, but um, usually it works out, and I think he's thinking Derby already with this horse. He's got enough points to qualify for the Derby, so he's not going to be fully cranked up. 
Um, he still could improve off his last just because he probably needed that race to some extent. Um, so I think he's the one to beat, but he's not the one to bet. Um, you know, after him, it's pretty, uh, there's quite a few you could lean on. Um, I think I'm willing to go for a bomb if I'm going to try to um, play this race. I don't have a lot of confidence, but the horse I was looking at is Over Deliver, who's trained by Todd Pletcher and Mike, owned by Mike Rapoli. Um, Rapoli loves to win in New York. He really loves to win the Wood Memorial. Pletcher does well in this race. We've talked about this before on the pod that Pletcher is really good first time routing with three-year-olds in the spring, even in graded stakes. Um, this horse fits all those descriptors. He's been working really well. He's well-bred. He's highly regarded. He went off at even money in his debut and won. Um, his last race, it was his second start. It doesn't look great on paper, but if you watch the race, he acted up before the race, kind of ran off, had to get um, caught. Uh, when he broke, he rushed up from the inside, and the horse he was rushing up on was none other than Gladiator King, and that's the horse who, if you remember, in the Fountain of Youth, ran those ridiculous fractions that Hidden Scroll chased that eventually were his undoing. And then that same horse came back and won the Hutchison a few weeks later. So he's really a, a, a quality speed horse. Overdeliver, rushed up, challenged him, put him away got a lead, and then got run down late by win, win, win. He sort of freaked that day and ran a big number. But he never really quit, and he was well clear of the rest of the field. And that was enough to get Pletcher to ship him north to Aqueduct and try grade two company at a mile and an eighth. That might be asking too much. It probably is to go a mile and an eighth um, in his first route race off of just two sprint. But um, I think even with Pletcher, the trainer, you'll get rewarded because John Velasquez is riding Outshine, who's kind of the more highly regarded Pletcher horse. Um, but Karamuts, who Pletcher rides quite a bit, Kendrick, he, um, he wins for Pletcher. And I, I think, um, you know, this horse could be the surprise horse in the race. Uh, and then the other one I kind of like, but I think is going to get bet down behind below his morning line is Final Jeopardy, trained by Jason Service, who's winning everything. I think he looks a little too obvious, um, but um, he'll be closing um, quickly at the end. And so those are the two I'm thinking about in this race. Um, probably not a race I'm going to bet a lot on. All right. I have a question for you. Sure. Is marijuana legal legalized in washington state because whatever you're smoking i want some of that <laughs> uh the answer is yeah i'm not smoking it but yes it's been legalized for quite a while in washington <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> right. okay so, okay so uh, now we've got that out of the way um uh I, all right so now that you've how do you really feel is what i want to know scott about that <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I think over deliver is you know uh, it's kind of a, a fantasy. He's <laughs> he's definitely too slow. Um, you know, it's I think it's uh, Pletcher and his owner saying, "Hey, we can win any three-year-old prep. Let's enter another horse." So so I actually I don't like the horse, but I do you know because he's going to be such bomb price. If he comes in, you will be a legend. <laughs> uh, he's 50, 51 to one on. Uh, oh, I should right check. Now. Yeah, I need to go check the PHI. Yeah, four out of two hundred. <laughs> four out of two hundred and forty-eight people have picked the horse, and one of them is showing a profit. So that's twenty-five percent. Ooh, there it's a lock. It's a lock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, actually, I I don't love this race, but I do think the horse that I'm I'm on is Tax. He stumbled badly in his last race. He still overcame that and had speed to get position. He held, 
steady on the inside despite being in tight in the stretch. He was super game and he pulled the race out. Uh, it still wasn't even his fastest race. His fastest race was his first one going nine furlongs. So this is a horse that's done it twice already. And um, he's, uh, he's working faster than ever. And he's nine to two. And I think he's going to go off around that price because there's going to be a lot of steam on the other horses. So, so I'm going to roll with tax. I will also, because I'm in the aqueduct contest, I will also be playing heavily uh, an exacta between tax and Tacitus, who was in and among horses all during his last race. He split horses and won handily, and he galloped out a couple lengths better than Outshine, who was in second. I just think he's a very talented horse. I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't have him in that last race, but with the breeding and everything, yeah, I, I agree with you that Bill Mott is a good tactician, but <laughs> <laughs> or is it tactician? Yes, uh, that's a... But uh, uh, yeah, I think that he just the horse needs to improve going into the Derby anyway, and I think he's going to today. He's he's improved every race. You know, he's he's never sort of regressed. He's got room to improve. And I think that he's an absolute, you know, deserved favorite in this race, especially given if you watch the replay of that last race, the Tampa Bay Derby, he just, he, he just looked great. And, there, and there's no negative to what he did in that race. He overcame, you know, traffic. He galloped out well. So, so I'm going to have it boxed between tax and Tacitus and Hopefully that'll come in because I will be betting on that seriously in the aqueduct contest. Well, you know, I, um, I love Tacitus. <laughs> um, I did have him in his last start and I definitely, he maybe end up being my derby horse. So I I'm with you on everything you said. I just think he'll get over bed in here. And I know kind of like I felt last week with code of honor, um, where I knew he was in and he wouldn't be fully cranked. Um, I think Tacitus is in the same um, kind of place. He's probably, you know, better relative to the field than Code of Honor was. But um, both of them, I just, I think right now, one of the things you want to factor in your handicapping is this whole derby point system. Because especially in these final preps, some of these horses don't need to win. And to see this as an example, doesn't mean he can't win or he's not the best horse, but um, the smart trainers aren't going to be tightening the screws down the same way they will be for horses that have to win or run second in order just to make it to the Derby. So I think you want to factor that into your handicapping. It doesn't necessarily override the other factors. And I agree to see this as the best horse. I don't see any reason why he doesn't get a good trip in here or why he couldn't improve some off his last race, even without having, you know, the trainer really, um, you know, grinding down on him. So yeah, he's the one to beat. Uh, but keep that in mind in the other races we're going to talk about too. Um, uh, that point system does get into the trainer's head a little bit and they have to sort of plan things accordingly um, based on where they are in those standings. Yeah, and I don't know where tax fits on that scale. Yeah, he so. needs to win. He needs to win or okay. run second. He needs to. He needs to uh, run well in here. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, I think that well, let's let's dial it back to where you said that Mod is usually a good tactician, and um, you know, he's 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 manipulating. He's you know. He doesn't want to have the horse overdo it. He doesn't over, you know, want to have a, a blowout performance. I think in the case of Hidden Scroll, they knew the horse was talented, but he just freaked on his very first race on slop. And you know, it it do, sometimes it doesn't matter what the trainer wants. The trainer may be like, hey, like we want a good effort, but we don't want a complete freak performance that's gonna. Uh, you know, completely take him off the Derby trail. He wasn't planning on that being a gigantic performance. It just ended out being that way. Cause as much as you like to plan, sometimes the horses don't cooperate. 
Oh yeah, but what in the terms of planning with Sid and Scroll, what I meant was he was trying to teach him to race, and so he was using that Florida Derby as an experiment to see how the horse would do rating because he thought that would you know improve his chances of winning the Kentucky Derby as opposed to just being a one-dimensional speed horse. So that was probably a, a good experiment, but it backfired in that now he won't even get to the Derby, which might actually be a good thing for the horse in the long run. But that's what I meant. Um, he, he was willing to actually, you know, take a chance at the horse, you know, not running very well to try to teach him something with something else down the road. The main objective being to win the, the Kentucky Derby. That's what I meant. Not necessarily he had the horse cranked or anything or didn't have a crank. It was just, he was willing to use this race as a, to help develop the horse for a bigger objective down the road. Um, that's all I meant by that. Okay. Okay. No, fair enough. But, um, you know, I also, you know, do want to point out that he probably wasn't expecting, at least on the sheets, Hidden Scroll ran a number that was extraordinary for a first time starter. And it wouldn't surprise me if he never wins another race because he just ran a gigantic race. Now, Nobody would ever plan for that. You would never plan for your horse to run just the best race of its life in its first race. But again, sometimes they don't cooperate. <laughs> that's that's for sure. And we've seen that on the Triple Crown Trail quite a few times. They they don't know. They've been trained to run fast. <laughs> They've been trained to run fast like all their life, right? I mean, the whole idea is to run fast. So what do they do? They run outrageously fast. And then they're shot, and that's uh, what happened with Hidden Scroll. Yeah, like um, I used to hang out with some trainers, and they they would always lament. Um, you know, the slow horses never get hurt because they never run fast enough to get hurt. It's always your good horses that get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I see the tax is, uh, only has 12 points, so, so that even actually gives me more confidence that he is going to win this race. I think Tacitus or Tacitus, uh, coming in second would be perfect because Medaglia Dorio uh, came in, I don't know, it was second or third. No, no, it was uh, it was uh, actually, funny side actually won this race and then won the Derby. So, <laughs> uh, but Medaglia Dorio was right right there. So, so there's no shame, no, no problem with a horse running second in this race. Actually, Funnyside did run second to Empire Maker in this race, and then he turned the tables in the Derby. So, oh, okay, he ran second. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, hmm. okay. I know that very well because I, I killed the Derby that year that Funnyside won. So, um, that one I, I I remember quite vividly the uh, prep races that year. All right, great. Well, uh, so so the wood hopefully will be a factor in this year's Derby. And now we're going to roll with the 10th race at Keeneland, which is the Bluegrass Stakes, a grade two at nine furlongs for three-year-olds, another grade two at nine furlongs. Um, this is also a crazy wide open race with 14 horses. And I will send it to you, Chris, to you know, tell us what you think. All right. Um, well, this race, actually, I don't think is crazy wide open. I think there's one standout in here, and I would say probably the only horse in the Triple Crown preps that we've talked about so far this year where I thought was more likely to win than this one was improbable. And, of course, he lost. So <laughs> it doesn't mean the horse will win. Uh, but improbable was definitely the best horse that day. He just got beat by the trip, and that could happen in, in here. But I think Vacoma is much the best in here. Um, he's much faster than these horses. He was much faster as a two-year-old than any of these horses have been as a three-year-old. He had his one prep race, which I thought was really good. Um, that was the Fountain of Youth, where they went really fast early. And he wasn't on the lead, but he was the horse chasing the two leaders. He went very fast, much faster than he'll go in this race early. He made the move into that hot pace. He got the lead. He did get tired late, but he never quit running. He really dug in um, at the end. Uh, 
he needed that race. He had been off for a while. Um, to me, it was a just really perfect setup for this race. That will really tighten him up. Um, he's in a much softer field in here. He draws a great post. He gets Castellano riding. He'll get a great trip. Um, I think everything says Vekoma should win this race. Um, he reminds me a lot of Code of Honor and the Holy Bull ran a similar race uh, where he needed the race. He made a middle move. He hung late. Um, I think you're going to see Vekoma. Vekoma's was actually better than Code of Honor's race. Vekoma was actually a faster horse than Code of Honor already. Um, this is the weak field compared to what um, he's seen in his last. So to me, and he needs the points. He has to run first or second in here. They're not playing games with him. So, you know, I think uh, he is much the best in here. I don't think he's a good bet because he's just a little too obvious. Um, if for some reason he were to float up above his morning line, let me see what he is on, on public handicapper. He, let's see. He's uh three to one but you, they tend to um under bet the favorites so he may he may still be an underlay uh actually win 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 is the favorite surprisingly on public handicapper right now so i think it, it's all about the coma in this race that's not who i'll bet that's probably not who i'll play in public handicapper i've got a couple long shots i think one of them might be a wise guy horse though so um i'll let i'll turn it back over to you since you think it's wide open, I'm interested to see who you're looking at um, beyond the favorite. So take it away. Okay. Uh, I will say that I hate Vekoma, and I will not have that horse. If I do a six-horse super box, that horse will not be in the six-horse super box. The horse did run fast at two, maybe too fast uh, in its second race. It's... Uh, the mother was a great horse, but she was a pure sprinter. I don't really like that last race. I, you know, the last race, the horse was behind a hot pace, and it was the only horse that didn't convert. Code of Honor and Bourbon War both converted and, and ran one, two. Manny Franco is off. I don't know if that's because George Weaver decided to. The owners decided to take him off, but Manny Franco was on the horse the whole time. So I don't know if they purposely put Castellano on there, but I am pounding the table against <laughs> Vicoma at nine to five. Pounding the table. I don't like the breeding. I don't like the pattern. I don't like anything about this horse. So I do think it's going to be a total chaos race. And I know that this is going to be a controversial pick. However, the trainer of this horse tends to win this race. He's won it many times. I don't know. Maybe he's run only won it two times, but he's won it a couple times. And that's Dale Romans. And the horse I'm going to pick is Moonster, who ran a very good number in its second race, had tons of excuses since then, and just has not woken up until until his last race, which was on the poly at Turfway with John McKee. He finished third in that race. He's just beginning to return to the form that gave him that uh, nice number as a two-year-old. And since that race has run a bullet 46 and four at Churchill Downs. I, you know, I like the breeding. I like the, I like the pattern. I, you know, I'm not going to send a ton of money in on the win end, but I will have it. If, if I do play a pick five, I will absolutely have Moonster included. And the 13 post is a bit, a bit problematic, but the horse proved in his last race that it could drop way back. And I'm hoping that John McKee notches another victory towards his uh, quest to hit 2000 wins I think he's at 1994 right now, so he's gonna—he's getting close. Well, I just have one question for you, Scott: Is marijuana legal in New York? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Do, 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you bet your money. I wouldn't bet your money on that horse, Scott. So uh, uh, let's do a head-to-head. Uh, Moonster versus who is my horse at the Pletcher Lacoma? horse? Lacoma? Yeah, oh. whoever finishes higher uh, up in the you know a higher well, placing. No, that doesn't uh, that doesn't count because there's 14 horses in this race. How many are in the aqueduct race? I think there are 11. 11. Okay, so let's just say um, neither one of us wins unless our horse hits the board. How's that? Okay. All right. So and then, we'll and then what, what's the, what are the stakes of this wager? Uh, well, like dinner next time we're at a contest together. How's that? Okay, so if one of our horses finishes on the board the other and, and the other one doesn't, the other person has to buy dinner. If they both do, then whoever finishes higher wins. If they tie, then it's a tie. Okay. okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one. <laughs> you pull that one out of the hat there. That's go out. You pull it from somewhere. Um, uh, I think the obvious value play on the morning line, which may not hold up to me, is Dream Maker who was pretty fast, had a, a really fast recent workout, and has had just some really, really bad trips. But I think this is a case where the horse creates his own trouble. He's clearly a really difficult horse to ride, but that workout tells me maybe they've changed the equipment or something, tweaked it to get him focused a little better. Giroux has ridden him now. This will be the third time. Maybe he's figured him out a little bit. Um, you know, if he can actually run a mature race, uh, he's definitely the second best horse in the race, I think, or at least the one with the most potential. So that, you know, anywhere near the 12 to 1 line, morning line, to me, Dream Maker is a play, but I think. He's getting some play. Let me look what he is out at on public handicapper. A six to one. So I'm not real excited at six to one, but maybe he'll be a little higher than that. And then the other, the other long shot I like in here is Lucky Lee, who is a fat. He's pretty fast. He was running at parks, so I don't think he'll get a lot of respect. He didn't run very well when they they tried him at Aqueduct, but. He had some excuses there. He kind of got off to a bad start, never kind of got hung wide, never really had much of a chance. So I think he could bounce back from that. And if he runs back to the races he's been running at parks, um, you know, he definitely could uh, win this race. And he probably will be a, a big price. So those are the two long shots, I think, Um I'm going to lean on with Vacoma uh, in that race. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting because you and I have completely different, which is what's cool about handicapping races. Um, we have completely different um, views on that horse. So it'll be interesting to see what Vacoma does in this race. And, of course, what, the vaunt what will the vaunted Moonster do in this race? That's the big question. <laughs> Moonster could win this race at 100 to 1. <laughs> he, he could be 101. Although with Dale Romans in Kentucky, there'll probably be some people just betting Dale Romans in Kentucky. But yeah, from the 13 post with John McKee on, on in the saddle, that will be a, a big price on that I'm horse. Currently on Public Handicapper, there are 258 picks in this race. And two of those picks are on Moonster who is currently at 108 to one. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to have a little, I'm going to have a little win money on this horse because, <laughs> because he's going to be a huge price. And I, 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 you know, I've, I've bet him before because he ran a good number as uh, in his second race, he ran a, a really solid number and I, you know, he's going to deliver it at some point. So if, if he's ever going to deliver, today's the day. I will just, uh, you know, just note a couple of other long shots that I think have a shot in here. I think there's going to be a hot pace, but in the event that there's not, Market King, 
for Lucas at 35 to 1. Right now he's 35 to 1 on public handicapper. He's going to have the lead, I think. And I think he could pull it off. However, I do think there will be other horses there that are going to be vying for the lead, including some like it, Hot Brown. Uh, Aquadini is a horse that I was very interested in, but in the 14 hole with a with a with a a lot of other speed horses, I think he can't help but be wide. Uh, I guess those are the two other horses that I was interested in in taking a flyer on. And when I do, you know, if I do play a pick five. I will include Market King, Aquadini, Moonster, and Dreammaker, who uh, I agree with you has probably got the best chance of winning uh, talent-wise, but for some reason always finds trouble. Yeah, the uh, Market King is exactly the type of horse that Wayne Lucas wins races with that I never have. <laughs> because, um, you know, this he does that every once in a while. John Court will definitely send the horse. And there is speed on the rail and speed on extreme outside. So you think the race is going to cook up. But I tell you, I zig when Lucas zags. So if you're thinking about playing that horse, I wouldn't talk you out of that one. That one seems much more plausible to me than Moonster um, for the long. And if we're going for the real bombs, you might want to consider So Alive or Pletcher, who's had all kinds of excuses. He's really well braised a half to Vino Rosso, been working well, and Pletcher's been hot. So, I mean, that So Alive is one at a price that, that might wake up in this race um, as well. So, yeah, we uh, give- a, a, wise, a wise decision might be to use all in this race <laughs> in your pick ends. Just <laughs> I think we've covered just about every horse. Yeah, I'd say there's probably two ways to play this race if you're playing pick-ins. You would go all, I would maybe just single Vacoma. Um, so, but to do, you know, if you're going to play a bunch of horses, then I think you have the right strategy, then toss Vacoma. But if you think Vacoma's solid, you might as well just single him and move on. So that, I mean, either way makes sense. It probably doesn't make sense to play play you know, all of them, unless you're going to go all, but I mean, don't play five or six long shots and the coma because then you're sort of taking the value out of your ticket. Um, but that should be a fun race to watch. Um, I think the coma may, may blow them all away, but um, I have been wrong in the past. I thought improbable would win for fun and uh, he didn't even win the race. So you never know okay. until they open the gates. All right, great. Well, I think we have a much better chance of picking the winner of the Santa Anita Derby, which is race eight <laughs> at Santa Anita. It's a grade one at nine furlongs for three-year-olds. It's a six-horse field, and it's a very contentious field and probably has the early derby favorite and game winner. What are your thoughts on this one, Chris? Well, why don't you start off on this one? Because I think you might – you seem to – uh, have more interest in this race than I do from a betting standpoint. So why don't you start it off? All right. Well, I guess I'm, my strongest opinion in this race is that I'm 100% against Instagram, who has had it all his own way in all of his races. Uh, his first two two-year-old races, he uh, wired them. It was a speed favoring, a speed flow favoring racetrack in both cases then he came back you know they they said oh we're gonna we're not gonna run him anymore so they're pampering this horse and they said oh we're gonna wait until the the three-year-old year year," and they put him away and why did they put him away i mean if that if it was a healthy horse he should have run in the breeders cup juvenile or any other race right he he didn't even run uh uh, a route race as a two-year-old. So he comes back in the Gotham and he, he was the favorite. He ended up finishing third. He was not able to get the lead. He didn't necessarily have to have the lead, but in his first two races he did. He was behind a hot pace. Then he just briefly had the lead and then he got swallowed up. And I just think I just think this is a, a, a super hype horse. 
I saw an interview with Jerry Hollendorfer yesterday on TVG, and he said they were hoping he could get the distance. Let's see if he can get the distance. So I, I think this horse is probably distance challenged. If he's anything higher than, if he's anything three to one or lower, he's being overbet. Javier Castellano played, uh, rode the horse in his last race, is not on, conspicuously not on him now. Yeah, probably just decided he's not good enough. And so I'm 100% against Instagram. And my pick in this race is going to be Nolo Contesto, who ran a good number beating Omaha Beach. And then his last race bobbled at the start, still got second to Roadster, who had an absolute dream trip. And uh, and then this is all predicated on the idea that game winner is going to run a slightly off race. So uh, take nothing away from game winner. And I think he's the most likely derby winner at this point. But he did run a really big race in his last race, and I think he's due to react on three weeks rest. So, so my price play will be Nolo Contesto. So you know, you you spent like five minutes um, dumping on a third choice in a in a six horse field. It's not like he's going to be odds on or anything, right? Let's see, what is he on in uh, in PH, he's the third choice at four to one. Heck, Nolo Casesto is five to one. So only because our mutual friend Mark Attenberg uh, predicted that Instagram was going to be nine to five, which I don't think is likely. But you know, that just because of that statement, I decided that I had to jump on him. <laughs> Well, Mark's a smart guy, so I, I'm wondering what he's basing that on because you got you have two Baffert horses, including the two-year-old champ in the race. How in the world is Instagram going to be nine to five in here? I don't see it. Well, we'll have to ask Mark if Pennsylvania has legalized. <laughs> um, okay, so it's interesting because Instagram and the coma ran really similar races and you didn't like them at all and I really like them so that just shows you how two players can look at a race and interpret the data in different ways because to me Instagram was clearly a bad bet in the last race I mean I was all against him at odds on because you know he had never even been a route distance he had had all that time off it looked like it was going to be a hot pace you didn't know how he'd handle a race where he wouldn't get the lead. You know, there's all these question marks. And um, the race unfolded even worse case than I thought because much better just freaked and went crazy fast early on. And Instagram was chasing him the whole time um, on a very hot pace, you know, much, much faster than anything he had ever seen before or that he will see in this race. And um, he made his middle move into the hot pace, just like Vacoma did. He got the lead, just like Vacoma did, and then he couldn't hold on. Um, the pace melted down, and, and Heichel you know, kind of had a suck-up um, pace meltdown win. But Instagram still, that was to me, was a, a really solid effort. He clearly needed that race, and um, I think he'll run a much-improved race in here and he looks like lone speed unless Baffert entered Roadster just as a rabbit. And if he did, then um, you know, that will will hurt Instagram's chances to some degree. Although, you know, Roadsters has tactical speed, but he's not a need to lead type and he's never really run real fast early fractions before. So, you know, Smith will have to quarter horse him out of there probably if he really wants a lead. And even then Instagram's shown that he doesn't, he can stock the pace and it won't be nearly as hot as the last time Baffert sent a horse in a race that he was in. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the strategy Baffert uses because he t tag teams a lot of times in these kinds of races. And he does it to Hollendorf for a lot of times. I'll never remember some of the dirty tricks he used on, on uh, shared belief trying to, to get him beat 
Um, so I wouldn't put anything past Baffert in here, strategy-wise. But I think Instagram will run a much better race. I do agree that, you know, we don't know how he'll handle the distance. And I think Hollendorfer's being honest about that. I don't know if that doesn't mean he can't. But, you know, to me, he's going to be on the lead, turning for home. Uh, and he won't. He'll be the third choice in the race, probably. Um, so I'm not against Instagram. I'm not saying play him, but I, I think he'll run um, much better than you think he'll run. Uh, I'm kind of with you on game winner. I wasn't a fan. I was against him last time. I think he's going to get a pretty good setup in here. Uh, so he's probably the one to beat. I certainly don't think he'll be my derby horse, though. Although, who knows? You know, I'll probably... Um, and he's definitely a contender. But again, his workouts haven't been very good even since his last race. So, Well, you know, Bob, Bob Baffert has <laughs> stated that he's not a, a very energetic horse in the mornings. Well, that's, so. that's pretty... Yeah, he's not even a, a, a pretty mover in the afternoons. He's kind of a, got a weird stride. And, um, and he's kind of the grinder type. Um, so maybe he, he deserves more respect than I'm giving him, but, um, he's the one to beat, but he'll be way over bet. Um, so, you know, your, your Nolo Contesto is probably not a bad idea in here. Um, but I don't think any of those four offer any real value. Um, but I do think it'll be a pretty good race. Uh, so I, I won't be betting this race, but I do have a much higher regard for Instagram. And I thought his last race was very good and exactly what you'd expect given the circumstances. Um, I never thought he was a, a superstar, but I think he's a good horse and nothing in that last race would um, dissuade me from saying that he's a good horse and may maybe he'll prove it in here. Maybe it turns out he's not the kind of horse that can get nine or 10 furlongs. We'll find out, but I think he'll run a good race. Okay. Well, uh, well, uh, as usual, we look forward to them running the races so that we can uh, hash it out afterwards. And um, I think that does it for this week for us. Just so, one thing. I wanted to mention one thing for just for you, Scott, to make sure you, you notice this because you may not have looked at the card yet. But one of our favorite fillies off topic is running in the Gazelle at Aqueduct on Saturday and she's been screaming to go nine furlongs or farther. And so this is her chance, I think, to really strut her stuff uh, in a division that's really wide open right now. So I'm really looking forward to watching off topic on Saturday, um, run a big race and maybe get uh, and stamp her ticket to the Oaks on Derby day or the day before the Derby. I actually did notice that she's running, and I think she has a great shot in that race. She's five to one morning line. She's probably going to be that. Yeah, I would expect her to be five to one. She looks like she's got as good a chance as any. And uh, uh, Jerry McLennan, who's sort of the manager, I'm not sure what he, he he helps. I don't know. He helps manage the horses for Paul Pampa. And he actually texted me and said, hey, we're, we're going to be in the walking ring for Off Topic. Do you want to come down? Which I would love to do it, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to actually go to Aqueduct tomorrow. But I'm really looking forward to playing her in that race because I think she's got a great shot. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to play her, but uh, well, as we both noted, noted when we saw her and we met her at Saratoga, she has a fire in her eye, and that's why I think she actually could be, if she wins this race, she could be a threat in the Oaks. Definitely, and, and just she's such a big filly. You knew that it would take her a while to find, you know, to get into her best rhythm and stride, and that the longer they went, the better off she would be. So I really think this two-turn, nine-furlong race is what she's wanted Um and of course, in the um, Oaks is at nine furlongs. And so far this year, there really haven't been any standouts in the three-year-old Philly division. So it could be pretty exciting if she does run well on Saturday. Yeah, and for our listeners, in case you weren't following it, that's the eighth race at Aqueduct on Saturday, April 6th. It's a mile and an eighth for three-year-old Phillies. And off topic right now is 
five to one in the morning line and probably going to be that. I would expect that she'll be that. So I would absolutely expect her to be in the top three and I will be betting it. I uh, will be betting it pretty hard, I think, because I'll be in the aqueduct contest tomorrow. All right. So I, I just wanted to make sure I pointed that out because I know both of you and I have been following her career and it would be really fun to see her, you know, win a big race on Saturday. Okay, great. So I think that does it for this episode of the PH Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll end on the soul jazzy note with the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout. Cheers. <laughs>